it's a little bit frustrating still talking about it, but when I get out and about in our community, uh, it seems like everyone's still talking about it. It's still an issue for us. As a matter of fact, just two weeks ago, someone asked me, uh, how are you feeling about this, Chris? You know, we took the church back online just as a precaution. And uh, it's like, how are you feeling about it, Chris? And I really had to think about it. It's like, yes, it's frustrating, but I must admit, I was starting to get to a point where I was actually feeling, I was questioning whether I was depressed, maybe for the first time in my life, like just literally depressed about things. And, and yet I, I sort of knew I wasn't. I just had some of the indicators and didn't feel comfortable about things. And then I heard someone speak about a particular topic and it was like, it was a light bulb moment for me. The lights came on and I thought, that's it. And this person talked about disorientation and what it meant to feel disorientated. And I thought, wow, that's it. It's, it's not necessarily depression, although it's got some similarities and some similar manifestations, but it was like, that is exactly it. And the word disorientation simply means to lose your way. And it's like, wow, we've all felt that. I mean, any of us who've ever parked, say, in a, in a big car park, and you don't take notice of where you parked, and then you burst back out with, with your shopping and whatnot and realise, man, I mean, everything looks the same, but my car ain't there. And generally, your, your first thought is, it's been stolen, and then you think, no, well, maybe there's another explanation. And, and you're disorientated, because, you know, what you thought should be there is not there. And then all of a sudden you go on this journey of discovery. Hopefully, I hope you found your car. I always have. But it's instantly disorientating. It's instantly this sense of, oh, things aren't the way I thought they were meant to be. And I think that's the feeling that lots of us have got at the moment. This sense of disorientation. Um, losing direction, losing the waypoints, the familiar things. And so that's what I want to speak to today. I want to speak to dealing with disorientation. And I trust that this is going to be as helpful for you as it has been for me over the last couple of weeks. Because, you know, when I think about the way I've been feeling about our current ongoing situation with COVID, uh, there's one part of me that's actually felt like it's a bit unreasonable for me to think about that in, in Toowoomba where I live because really by and large we have not seen the pandemic here by and large outside of city hotspots you know the effects have been felt certainly but uh, it seemed almost a bit unreasonable to feel so dis disorientated from something that seems so disconnected to our community, and yet we are experiencing it now. Uh, it is here. Uh, and, and yet before it was even in our community, I still felt this disconnect. I still felt the disorientation. I felt a bit like I was flopping around in life. Uh, and even though I seemed to be busier than ever, I was getting less done. Come on, has anyone felt that feeling? It's like you're busier than ever, but, but less is you know, less is produced in a sense. And that, I think, has been a shared feeling for many, many people, particularly business owners. Um, you know, at the end of the day, this disorientation, I could sort of identify some of the reasons for it. You know, I know that uh, gathering together as a church community, 
that provides a lot of soul food for me. I love to see people. I love to be with people. There is an emotional download when you get with other people. And when that was missing, that is disorientating. Uh, the plans that you make, there's something we've all got in common. I mean, who has made great plans that have just been thrown out at the last moment? I'd say just about anyone who plans anything has experienced that in this season. And when those markers are shifted, it creates a sense of disorientation. And the, the reasons are complex, but I really want to focus in on one and what I think is, is maybe a root cause of why some of us might be feeling the way that we are. But first, a question. What sets us apart as human beings from a jellyfish? There's a big question for you. What's the difference between you and a jellyfish? And, you know, obviously there's a few reasons. If, you, if your first thought was, uh, I've got a brain, you'd be right. Because apparently jellyfish don't. Although over the last few years, I've seen and heard some things that did make me question whether all humans have brains. But that is the main factor. They don't have a brain. They don't have bones. Whereas we have bones. So we have literally 200 bones or 200 plus bones in our body. Few people have got a few more, few, a few less. Most of them are in our feet. Uh, and also ligaments, which are really, really important because even if with bones, uh, if you didn't have ligaments, you would still be flopping around all over the place. Uh, it's ligaments that literally hold us together. They wrap around our bones and particularly our joints and they allow dexterity with flexibility without us being all floppy. They literally hold us together. And this is the concept that I want to talk to us about today, this concept of, of ligaments. Uh, the, the, the word actually in English, it actually comes from a Latin word, ligare, and we get the word ligament from it. What's really interesting is our English word religion shares exactly the same root. Religion is religare in Latin. And so legare that we get ligament from, it literally means to bind, to bind together. And the word religion means to bind again, re-legare, to bind again. And it's just really interesting that these two words share the same root, the same concept. The ligament or religion is that which holds everything together. Now what's interesting in this season is I think at the end of the day uh, we've actually lost some of our religion, some of our ligamenting if you want to put it that way. Uh, now, before you go, oh, but I'm not, I'm not a religious person. You've got to listen to this. Everyone is religious. Now, there are different variations of being religious. So I think most commonly when, when people say, oh, I'm not a religious person, they're thinking about big R religion, formalised, structured religion, whether it's in a church or in a mosque or some other variation, we know the big R religion kind of thing. 
And, and often people are quick to disassociate themselves from that. Even as Christians, as simple Christ followers, we tend to want to disassociate ourselves from that word because of all the baggage that's been built into it over the years. And so we recognise there's big R religion, uh, but there's also, I want, to, I want to, you know, put forward the thought that there's little R religion as well. And what this, this little R religion is, is far more organic. What little R religion really is, is the self-ordered rituals that we put in our life. If I could put it this way, if I'm going to go back to the root of the word, it's the ligaments that we put in place in our life that give things meaning, that literally hold things together and give value to life, give waypoints by which we orient ourselves. So in that sense, everyone's religious. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't even have to be spiritual. Some of the big R religions aren't even spiritual in our world in the classic sense. I think everything's spiritual, but when you talk about God worship, uh, I look at our financial systems. For some people, that's big R religion. Anyone here, and I've got nothing against Bitcoin, that could be a really good investment strategy, but anyone who's got a friend who's really into it, you'll understand what I mean when you, I say they treat it like a religion. They are evangelists for it. They are proclaiming it. They are trying to make it happen all over the place because they're totally committed to it. And it's that which brings sense and meaning to their life. With little r religions, hey, come on, anyone know someone who's religious about mowing their lawn? <laughs> we all know someone like that. Or religious about sport. Or religious about a certain team. And some people draw their whole meaning of life simply by the sporting team that they follow. Why? Because it is the ligaments that support their whole worldview. So everyone is actually religious. We can be religious about good things too, like brushing your teeth before you go to bed. Come on, who wants to go to bed with furry teeth? Said no one over 12, I'm sure. None of us like that feeling. As a matter of fact, if you're ever somewhere and you forgot your toothbrush and you can't brush your teeth before you go to bed, except with your, it's not the same with your finger, is it? You feel a sense of disorientation. Why? Because one of the ligaments, one of the things that structure your world has been removed. Well, Losing My Religion is the name of a song by one of my favourite bands of the 80s, Rapid Eye Movement. So I know I'm showing my age now, but REM sang this song, Losing My Religion. And you know what? That's exactly what COVID has done. We have lost so much that we structured our life around. The ligaments that we always thought would be there have shifted. The, uh, the goals have shifted. The, the waypoints of life have shifted in a way that makes us feel disorientated. The things that held it all together. Think about how much of the structure is gone. Schedules, plans, holidays, careers, events, even relationships that are gone. Even relationships that we might not thought, have thought were primary, but all of a sudden, maybe without even really recognising it, something is missing. That person that used to just see every week 
and you no longer see them. And, and it all sort of dropped away pretty quickly and it leaves us, can leave us with a sense of, you know, I used to like seeing that person and we always smiled and we all had a, a brief, shallow, but fun conversation. But it's a ligament that's now been removed, even if it was a minor ligament. You know, I thought about this with holidays. Just planning a holiday can actually be like, not half the fun of the holiday, but definitely a major percentage of the holiday. Looking forward to a holiday. Oh, we've planned a holiday and it's going to be so good. We're going to go up the coast or we're going to do this. We're going to go camping for the weekend. It's all going to be great. And then all of a sudden, all bets are off. That is disorientating. And we sometimes don't realise it. We think it's just disappointing. It's more than that. It's actually disorientating. When I think about us as a faith community, you know, our large worship gatherings. Wow, I mean, I'm so glad to be back in the room next week. And, and obviously we're going to be safe with that, etc. But I tell you what, I, I am absolutely convinced we need to work on that ligament. A ligament that's torn is incredibly painful. And I think some, sometimes there's this pain is sort of subconscious. Again, we're not sure what's missing. We just know that something is. And we've felt that in church life. So from our large gatherings to worship together, our life groups, even just being on a team, some of these things are ligaments that have been stripped away. And we wonder why we feel a bit at the end of the week or at the beginning of the week or at points in the week where we once had something set. And I know right at the beginning of this whole season, it was a bit like, wow, this is refreshing. You know, <laughs> don't have to be anywhere. Don't, you know, that kind of thing. There was a certain amount of Whoo, breathe out. But now I think breathing out and that relax, there's a danger of it atrophying into a permanent sense of disorientation if we don't actually get back to restructuring our lives just a bit on a healthy level. Are you with me today? That's good. Um, so here's some tips. You want some tips on minimalizing disorientation? Yeah. yeah. And so here we go. Uh, I guess the question becomes in dealing with disorientation, what do I need to be religious about? Okay. Or what do I need to re-ligament in my life, restructure, so that I'm actually feeling a sense of I'm, I'm held, my joints, which, in, you know, just by the way, your joints where most of your ligaments are, are actually like a weak or a vulnerable point of the body. That's why sporting people are getting shoulder reconstructions, getting knee reconstructions. It's because they're only supported by ligaments. So what do we have to ligament that's actually weak and threatens our ability to move through life. Here's some thoughts on it, just some thoughts. What do I need to be religious about? Well, I'll tell you one thing I've learned from tuning up my old car, that most of the performance, after the big things are in place, let's call it the bones, most of the performance that you can gain does not come from more big things. It comes from actually working on the little things. So my car, years ago, built the thing. It's got a performance race kind of engine in it, but it never really performed the way it should because I never really, I got all the big bits in place, but I never really spent the time 
on the little things. And at the last couple of weeks, I've taken some time off to actually do that. And it's an amazing thing. Just making sure something's in line. Just making sure something's screwed down tight. Just uh, tweaking, just moving the distributor just a little bit. Not a new distributor, just moving the one that's there for Spark has made a massive difference. And I think it's the same in our lives. So instead of going like, oh, wow, I'm missing everything. No, it's all there. It's all there. It's a matter of tweaking what's there. It's a matter of working on and maybe bringing back a little bit of intentionality into those things that actually hold us together. So if you're with me, here's some quick hints, okay? Quick tips on overcoming or defeating or minimalizing at least disorientation. First one is your physical health. Let's look at that. You've got to work on your physical health because I tell you what, we're all connected. God's a triune being, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and we are a triune being made in His image. We are body, soul, and spirit. And you can't afford to neglect your body in this season, your physical health. Your relationship to your body, like any relationship, can be neglected. Uh, I love this verse out of Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 18. It says, Through laziness, the rafters sag because of idle hands, the house leaks. Now, it's talking about a house, but I know that the Bible talks about our bodies like a house. Actually, the New Testament calls it a temple. And if you don't work on a building, if you don't maintain it, it will break down. That's exactly what the writer of Ecclesiastes is recognizing. So I want to encourage us from vitamins to exercise to diet. The old, old saying, and it's still used apparently in sporting circles and performance circles everywhere, healthy body, healthy mind, or even the original Latin term was a healthy mind in a healthy body. That's exactly what we need. So I want to encourage you, your physical health is critical. As a matter of fact, I think it's the overlap, our physical health overlaps very, very powerful, powerfully into our mental health and what we do with our thinking and our minds. And so mental health is another one of those things. We've got to keep tweaking it to get it right. Of course, we, have, we all have a mind, we all have a brain, we're not jellyfish, but whether we adjust it, whether we position it for health, that's optional. That's optional. So what do we do with that? Well, again, I think there's so much power in the basics. Walks in the park, enough sleep, structure your days so you're not just floating through the day. So even if your job situation has changed, and I know it has for many people, set your alarm, whether you're working or not. Set the alarm, get out of bed, get showered, get dressed, get into the day. These are things that we have to do to keep ourselves sort of structured. These are the simple ligaments of life that it might have been okay at the beginning of this whole thing to get a little bit lazy. But right now we're nearly two years in and we have to be thinking about getting on with our lives. While we're talking about mental health, and this might seem like a strange one, but I think this is a huge key. We still need people in our world. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. 
And when it comes to your mind, I tell you what, people are either sharpening you or bluntening you. People are either encouraging you or discouraging you. People are either encouraging you to step out in faith or causing you to shrink back in fear. And so can I encourage you, when it comes to your mental health, get with people. Get with the right people that will encourage and uplift and inspire faith in you. You cool? Still with me? Finally, I want to talk about our spiritual health and I'll just spend a couple of minutes here. Our spiritual health is the key. You know, your relationship to your spirit, we don't always think about it. But I tell you this, I believe at the end of the day, you know, I've, I've heard people say, it's just like I, I can't hear from God or I just feel like my life has dried out. I understand that. But can I say, God hasn't moved. God hasn't changed. What changes is our positioning. What changes is our spirit, not God's spirit. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And I'm convinced God is still active. God is still speaking. God still wants to speak to you. The question becomes, have I positioned my spirit in such a way that I could hear when God speaks? You know, I think there's an incredible story in Genesis chapter 8 after the great flood. And I love this verse in verse 20. It says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. Have a listen to this thought. You know, Noah got caught up in something that he had never seen before, that the world had never seen before, the great flood. And it just picked him up, and he really didn't have a say in it, and it carried him away and dumped him on Mount Ararat. It dumped him somewhere he had never been before. Sound familiar? The first thing Noah does is build an altar. In other words, he reestablishes his connection with God. And I'm convinced this is so critical in combating and defeating and minimising the effects of disorientation. Uh, you see it in Abraham. Abraham's life is a great study, we all know. But Abraham actually builds four altars that are mentioned in Scripture. And it seemed to be wherever he went to a major waypoint in his life, he stopped and he built an altar and he, he, and he reaffirmed and reestablished, reconnected his relationship with God through the Spirit. And that's exactly what we need to do. You want to know how to work your way out of a bit of a wilderness of being all floppy and all over the place and feeling disorientated about life. What does this mean? Where is life traveling? Where is life heading? Can I tell you, no one would have been more disorientated than these two guys. Noah in the great flood. Abraham called to go out somewhere that he did not even know where he was going. Talk about disorientation, but in the middle of it. In the middle of it, they kept their spirit in a place where they could hear from heaven. And in both, in, in, in both those scenarios, they establish the altar and, the, and God speaks to them, reaffirms the promises and sets their direction for both of them. And so I want to encourage us, you know, what are we doing with our handling of scripture? Of course, we talk ad nauseum here about journaling. But can I encourage you, there's a reason why. There's a reason why. Because it, it positions your spirit to hear from God. And that is a massive factor in combating 
a sense of disorientation. What are we doing in our prayer lives? I mean, let's just talk about prayer life as being as simple as this. Whenever I become more aware of God than I am of me or I am of my problems, at that point you've entered a place of prayer. Come on, let's do that. Let's position our spirit to hear from heaven. And then finally, our inner world. What are we doing? What's going on? What's rattling around on the inside right now? For a lot of folks, it's fear and it's anxiety. And even for Christians, and I've encouraged people again and again and again, come on, God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's not given us a spirit of fear. But when we connect our spirit and position ourselves where we can hear from heaven, he's able to reassure us and reorientate us. So what's rattling around on the inside? And I think that if we look after our, our temple, look after our body as best we can, if we make sure that we're doing things that keep our mind free, go for that walk in the park, hang with good people, and if we keep our spirit open to hearing from heaven so that the promises can come alive within us, then we'll be a long way towards defeating the effects of disorientation. Well, I, I trust that word has blessed you today and I want to pray for us. And, and I also want to pray for anyone who's here with us online today. And, and maybe you, you know, you've always, but you might have some little R stuff going on, but you've never really connected to the big R. I hope this has demystified religion a little bit. Religion really is that what God puts in our lives to hold us together, in a sense. Healthy religion is. Maybe you've never had that. Well, I want to encourage you. Jesus has it for you. He has direction. He has orientation for you. He has a way through the wilderness for you. And, uh, and as I pray for everyone else, I want you to open your heart. If that's what you need, I want you to open your heart to Jesus leading you today. Very intentionally, you can connect with Jesus Christ just as I lead us in a simple prayer. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just uh, thank you for this moment in time. As much as we didn't ask for it, um, and as much as you didn't do it, we find ourselves on a broken planet in broken circumstances. But really, there is nothing different about that to all of human history. And you have led your people faithfully through it all. So I pray for us, Father. I pray we'd position ourselves. I pray that we'd keep ourselves healthy. I pray that we'd keep our minds sharp and active. And I pray most of all, we keep our spirits open to you, open to you, seeking you, allowing you to speak into the confusion, into the disorientation with paths forward, with faith in promises, with future hope in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, I've been on a break for a few weeks it's just been great to share with you again today and have that opportunity. God bless you. Have a fantastic week.